Hello, good evening, everyone. Happy Friday, and welcome back to another episode of Paranormal Gateway Paratalk. Um, if you don't know us by now, my name is Teresa. I'm joined by my co-host, Scott, um, and we are pretty stoked about tonight, y'all. Uh, we have a very special guest joining us. Um, so tonight, we have Daniel Class joining us. Um, Bill Hyland is also going to be coming in and joining us. If you guys don't know who he is, um, he is a, a co-member of, of, of both of our teams. So he's going to be joining us as well. Um, before we get started, I do want to take a brief moment here and kind of apologize to our, our YouTube subscribers. Um, if any of you had tried to check in and go try to view any of... Um, any of the videos on our YouTube channel, what, about a week or two ago, Scott? Yes, Thursday night, Friday. Yeah. yeah. So um, YouTube decided to be not so nice to us for some reason. <laughs> and um, they banned our page. They took down our page for some reason. Um, we did dispute it. Um, Scott disputed everything. And they ended up coming back and saying, hey, you know, our are bad. You guys didn't do anything wrong. Um, and they did give us our channel back. Um, we, we do have a backup channel now just in case something like this would happen again. But we did want to take just a brief moment here and apologize to our subscribers and let you all know that it is up. It is running again. And you can check out the videos on our channel again. So, you know, Without further ado, you know, let's get Daniel in here and uh, and get a talking to him. <laughs> so hey, if Daniel. you guys are not familiar with <laughs> Daniel, um, he is the owner of the very infamous Hensale House. Um, he has owned the home since 2015. Correct, Dan? Correct. 2015. Um, he is a team member of Ghost Finders. He is the host of... Um, Within the Walls, he is the co-founder of Greater Western New York Paranormal Society. That is a mouthful. We just take <laughs> Winnips. Chris. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, he is the producer of Behind the Shadows. He is the executive producer on two radio shows. Uh, one is live with legendary psychic Bernice Golden, and the other one is uh, Phenomena Encountered. And he also released a book back in 2016. Correct. Um, and that is The Hinsale House and American Haunting. So welcome. It's good to have you with us. Good to be here. Yep. Here's Bill. Hey, guys. Hey, Bill. Hey, how you guys doing? Good, okay. good, good. So you didn't really miss much. We just got done introducing him. So <laughs> I, was, I was listening. <laughs> so part of the reason why we are super stoked to have him here with us um, is because next weekend we are actually doing a weekend investigation at the Hensdale house. Um, yes, the guys, the guys are very excited about this. Uh, can you tell? Can you tell? <laughs> now, Dan, we know you are a very busy man. Um, and other than the things that I'd already mentioned, 
we also know that you have a lot of other stuff going on as well. So would you like to kind of go in and explain some of the other things that you've got going on right now? Yeah, I mean, we're we're working on um, the new show, Nick Groff's new show, Death Walker. Um, so we're filming filming that right now, and uh, it's going to be epic. It's going to be amazing. So I'm involved with that on a daily basis. Um, also um, helping out with promo for Nick uh, on his pages, you know, like with uh, his new Nick Groff Explorers page mm-hmm. um, and uh, all both two e-commerce stores. Um, I do the bookings for the Hinsdale House, and I also do the stuff for Wildwood Sanitarium, which is uh, about an hour away from Hinsdale House. So uh, that's another epic, amazing location for people to visit and investigate at. And it's kind of the same deal as Hinsdale House. Um, and, and on top of that, we, we film for the Ghost Finders. Um, so we are actually um, uh, going to be releasing a new episode from Fort Mifflin, uh, on Easter, hopefully Easter Sunday, uh, on oh, okay. called Qsum now. It used to be called Viddy Space, mm-hmm. but the name right. changed. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, cool. Excited. I'm, I'm excited to see it because I haven't uh, I haven't been able to see it. But from what the uh, producers tell me, it's going to be blow my socks off. So I'm super excited. I like to be surprised. You know, we go film it and then you kind of see what it looks like. At the end. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, cool. I'm probably, you know, on top of being, you know, family and stuff too. I mean, <laughs> that's, that's crazy sometimes. Yeah. That's why I said you're a busy guy. You have a lot going on all the time. <laughs> I'd rather be busy than slow. Yes. I think we all feel the same. At least most of us do. <laughs> yeah. Jamie's at the Hindale house right now. Yay. Cool. Yep. So as far as the Hinsdale house, just out of pure curiosity, what is it that drew you to actually deciding like, hey, like I'm I'm buying this place? Well, <clears throat> a lot of things. I mean, it, for the location itself, it was, and you got, you said you hit Bill and Scott are newbies or do, they're not newbies to investigating though, right? Just to the Hinsdale no. house. <laughs> just to the Hinsdale so, house. You guys, you guys have been to locations before where you'll be there for eight hours and you'll go review your evidence and hope maybe you got an EVP or something, something, something that you could maybe come back with and say, you know, this is unexplainable. Mm-hmm. When I got to the Hinsdale house the first time, um, it was like everything that we didn't even have to like explain to um, the energies that were there, how to manipulate our equipment. Um, it was like they were just trying to speak to us. And um, I became very not not very attached, but I was I, I just was infatuated with the location and the and the story of the failed exorcism that happened there in the 1970s. And um, right, the 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 reason I think I bought it was is because it was really close to being uh, torn down. All the electrical and ductwork were ripped out of the house. Um, it was a shell, really a shell. I mean, it was decrepit. I mean, there was black mold throughout the kitchen. You know, 500,000 honeybees in the walls, leaky roof. I mean, siding was gross. I mean, it was bad. And um, we were there basically saying goodbye to the location. And um, it was just me, Michelle Ball, and Cameron Dubois. Um, and we were in the kitchen. We were fil- filming each other. You know, Cameron, Cameron had the camera. And uh, 
I they were, were talking about the exorcism and it was quiet. Nothing was happening. We weren't getting anything. And I had done some research on the house and found that there was an older couple, the Misnick family that lived there uh, in, in the 1980s. And they were the last family to actually uh, live in that house. And they had both passed away. So I, I said, Flo, are you here? And I have, uh, I got this like tingly sensation up my arm and I had a K2 meter in my hand and it, it went all the way up to 500 milligauss in my hand and it, no explanation because there's no electricity in the house. There's no reason from our base readings for this to be going off in my hand and I could feel my arm, you know, the, the hair on my skin was just sticking straight up. So then I continued mm-hmm. to have what I felt like was a, a conversation with Flo Misnick. Um, a lot of synchronicity has happened after um, this, this encounter. Um, now, with the K2 meter, everybody's familiar. You know, you put it on the ground or you hold it in your hand and it bleeps on and off. And maybe you're, you're communicating with an energy. So I, I said, Flo, will you hold my hand as we go up the stairs? And I kid you not, this thing stayed lit in my hand all the way up the stairs into the master bedroom. Wow. And I was like, wow. You know, this is just like really, really compelling to me. And I, when I tried crossing over into Mary's room, which is the room that they feel like there's a portal, all the psychics that have come there feel there's a portal. You've seen it on Paranormal Lockdown. A lot of the flies uh, kind of went into that room, and it happens quite often. And um, I lost her. So I, I told my photographer on the team, I'm like, Louie, but I just had an experience, and I go, go uh, take some pictures, you know? So he's taking pictures, and on the stairs in one of the pictures, it looked like two ghostly legs on the stairs. I was like, wow. You know, wow. like it was just really, <laughs> really cool. It was taken in UV using different light spectrums. So then the next day, as any paranormal investigator does, they go on their Facebook page and boast about where they were the night before. And I posted a picture of the Hinsdale house. <laughs> and I said, uh, you know, guys, where I was last night, you know, and and did I not did I get a message like probably 10 minutes later from somebody I'd never met before. Her name was Jackie. And she says, that's a picture of my grandparents' old house. I go, what? I go, who are your grandparents? She, she said, Joe and Flo Misnick. I go, you got to be kidding me. Right uh, now. That's crazy, right? So Yeah, yeah. Um, all the synchronicities uh, really, you know, and then Michelle said, you know, you really should try buying this place. And um, I started taking the steps to see if it was even possible before they tore it down because they were ready. I mean, it was ready. It was demolished mode, really. And I went and met with wow. the bank and he could see, you know, he wanted me to buy it without the house. I'm like, no, I need it with the house on there. And he's like, you understand it's got black mold and blah, blah, blah. It's uninhabitable. I said, he could see my passion for wanting to save it. So he's like, it's going to be an as is sale, you know, and I'll right. put the electricity back up to the house and you're going to have to run the wires and all and boom. So I, it, everything kind of just fell into place the way it was supposed to. I just bought a new house. I didn't, I didn't have enough for the deposit, and everything fell into place for me to get it. And um, I, wow. I, I just kind of just went with what my, my gut uh-huh. feeling. But it's, it's a big leap. It really is. Like, it's scary because you're taking so much money and putting it into a location, not knowing if you're going to have support, not knowing if you're going to be able to patch the roof before the winter comes so it stops leaking. I mean, it's, you know, I'm, I'm inheriting a, a condemned building, basically, you know. And right. uh, it's on my, on my shoulders to see what happens next. And, uh, you know, you just, you just I just took a plunge. You know, I just felt like it felt so right for me to do that. And uh, we've been just working on it ever since. I mean, That's I did. Awesome. And you have done a lot of work 
to the house so far. I mean, it amazing. A lot of work. Yeah, I wanted to really bring. I, I think part of the whole progress, or how do the part of the whole thing is, is engaging people and letting them know that you know the like when they pay for an investigation, it's just not phone in my pocket and I'm taking a vacation or something like that. It's it's um it, I wanted people to see it getting better. Uh, so every time we would do something, I would post pictures of it and, and just let people know that every penny that they're giving is helping to make this place a better location for the future uh, and for future generations to be able to come investigate because as long as I own it, nobody's going to live there. You know, it's it's a paranormal hotspot and right. it needs all the stories need to be told. And I feel like kind of that's why things fell into place the way they did um, so we could get those stories told. That's awesome. And, That's you know, really like awesome. I, one other thing I always like to say is, and I don't know how it is where you guys with, with your paranormal teams, um, I always like to, to say this because it really meant a lot to me. That summer that I bought the house, um, I threw on Facebook, you know, I'm going to do a day of caring for the Hinsdale house. I really, really need to get a roof put on there, you know, before the winter. And I'll tell you what, that, that day that, that day that we had that day of caring, we had 63 people show up. Um, it, it was like, these were people that came to maybe a tour of mine or maybe I met, met or were fans of the house and, you know, they brought paint, they brought supplies, they brought, I mean, they, they were there to help. They scraped the whole uh, pond side of the pond and painted it. And um, before the winter was up, we had that roof done. The contractors, the friends that were contractors basically did it at cost. You know, like, and, and wow. we got done, and it was an amazing feat. And I knew that that point that para paranormal unity was alive and well in a way. Right. And and I hear a lot. Of, I I do hear a lot of naysayers about that, but it's all about who you surround yourself with, and it's all about who. I mean, that, that's it's it's an amazing story because the whole the, the Hinsdale house is paranormal unity. It's it's there for paranormal research and. Paranormal teams come from all over the world, and everybody, everybody works together. There's no drama, you know. And, and this is what, right. and this is what the house, this is what has become of the house since I purchased it because of everybody coming together. So it's kind That's of a awesome. good, yeah. It is, and and you know, like you were saying, I think it's it's also opened up a huge gateway for other teams to get to know other teams as well, you know. I know for me personally, it, you know, it has, oh, you were at the Hinsdale house before. Yeah, I've been there. Oh, well, tell me about your experiences there. You know, and then it, you know, it opens up the door for you to start talking to another team and you start talking about your experiences. And, you know, well, Garrett Roth was is a really good example of that. You know, him and I met on on Facebook and he was like, oh, I'm going to the Hinsdale house. You've been there before. I'm like, yeah, he's like, well. What happened? Well, I don't want to give all the juicy dirt away, but, you know, <laughs> here's some of what, you know, we experience. So it also really does help to bring teams that don't know about each other together as well, too. It does. Which is awesome. Yeah. So now yeah, I read and correct me if I'm wrong, but I read somewhere that you are trying to restore it and keep it in kind of that. 70s kind of era is that correct yeah yeah i wanted to keep it in the era that 
uh, when the exorcism happened. That's what kind of made it famous. So I'm keeping trying, you know, I'm trying to find pieces of the that that what like the board that I have on my on my wall here, you know, like where it looks like wood, but it's not really like a 1970s stuff. You're not it's like a stag rug and the older paneling. Yeah, folk <laughs> paneling. Yeah, and um, and just trying to keep it as is, you know, uh, on the inside as it would have been back then, and uh, and we've replaced almost probably like 70 percent of the siding. We had to have the siding specially made. They don't make it in that in the in the five inch. We had to have five, special siding made for it, and uh, you know I still have to get some a couple of the soffits done, but you know it's one step at a time. You know, keep going as uh, as as we're uh, getting it done. Yeah. All right, Bill Scott, Teresa's frozen, so now it's your show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I had a question for you. Um, sure. I did, did some research in the area where, where the Hinsdale house sits. And I shared this with Teresa and Scott, and it's about, uh, I did some research and I went to uh, the North American, uh, I guess you would call it the uh, USGS's website. And I was looking at the studies that they did on magnetic anomalies. And are you aware that the Hinsdale house sits on a major magnetic anomaly? Yeah. Yeah. That was okay. uh, one of the things we were looking at. Uh, we were looking at ley lines. We were looking at, that the magnetic magneticism of the property uh, i mean it's not something that i've given dove into a lot at this point but it is it definitely um shoots out some weird energy yeah i uh i actually have some maps i sent them to mike diamond i, I thought he was going to forward them to you i don't know if he did or not um uh, not yet okay um but I, I have those here i can forward them to you I, I thought i just thought it was really interesting because the entire surrounding area the, uh, the magnetic levels are, are low and, and right in the center of that property, it is just, it's, it's a really high magnetic area. Hmm. Um, let me see. Scott, am I able to share photos here? Maybe people want to yeah, see. What they yeah. Look like. yeah, yeah, you should be able to. All right. Let me, okay. Let me, I got a share screen. Mm -hmm. uh, should I do the application window or the entire screen? Uh, Applicate. Well, I would just do an application window and then just uh, click on the actual, um, like the picture. So it's going to bring up each window. Okay, I'm not sure. Like you also think the actual picture and Jerry said tab. That'd be a corner tab. Okay, well this is this is the entire uh, magnetic map. Uh, let me see. Can you guys see that? Okay. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Uh, you guys are over. What county are you guys in there? Uh, Cataraugus. Okay, where is it at here? I gotta zoom in a little more. I have photographs of the zoomed in areas, but uh, I'm, I'm lost here. I'm not quite sure where I'm at. Um, in that red blob, probably down towards the border. We're right uh, on the Pennsylvania right, border. Yep, right there it is. I believe. Yes. You guys are like right in here somewhere, correct? Yeah, we're right, right on the Pennsylvania border, yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, this, this, I think you guys, looks, you guys are right looks, off of. That looks right about right, right there. Yeah. Right yeah. The and as, as you can see, let me show you, I'll bring the key up here. And of course, the lower are the blues and the highs are the pinks. And you have green and yellow, the entire surrounding area. And there's really nothing there that would create anything man-made. 
um, in, in the area where your house sits. So that is really strange that it's so high right in that spot. Well, I mean, there's mount, there, it's a mountainous area right there. Okay. Wow. Yeah. But I just, I just came across that. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it could add, I mean, to me, it, it looks like a bullseye. <laughs> kind of yeah, pretty, pretty much. I mean, I don't know if, like I said, I didn't know if you guys uh, had ever seen that or not. Um, uh-oh, how do I stop sharing screen? Oh, there we go. I don't know if you looked at that before or not, but um, I just I thought that to, was I, really interesting. I try to look at a lot, everything that I can possibly to try to get answers, um, you know, as far as what's making the place tick, you know, mm-hmm. or what, what could possibly give us a false positive. What could possibly, uh, you know, all the different factors, and it's interesting too. Like the 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 two ley lines, I think it was like forty second parallel. There's like a crisscross right in where the pond is, like like really? right where the pond is. And oh, actually, the, the the one ley line actually sits perpendicular to a power plant in Pittsburgh. Like if you follow it, it's like pretty crazy. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That may have some. Um may have some issues with with equipment like your k2 for example um that could cause some some hot you know higher than average i don't i don't know what the the average readings are there um i can't seem to find anybody that actually went through and, and took you know readings of the earth's magnetic field there so i was just kind of curious as to what the average would be it's probably i'm guessing by looking at that map it's probably three or four milligauls anyhow i would think um and normally it's around two but by looking at that map, I'd imagine it's going to be pretty high. Yeah. Yeah, Jamie's at the house right now. Hmm. So she's actually in the chat from, from the house. Yeah, so just all <laughs> that pop up. Yeah. Yeah, we're excited to go up there. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's cool because it's, like, when you go to other locations, uh, I haven't, I, ha- I mean, there are that are secluded, but this is, like, very secluded. And there's not neighbors, probably yards and yards, probably like four or five hundred yards away. You know, like there's nothing really that's going to contaminate what you're doing there unless you do it yourselves. Good. And there's ten acres. <laughs> so yeah. we, we have we found um, Native American relics buried when we were digging the septic system, um, and there definitely you know we've dated the house back to the seventeen. Uh, 1792. Wow. So, uh, well, not the house, but the property, you know, and uh, we're, we're looking at different Indian tribes um, because there are uh, burial mounds uh, and we were looking at mound builders because the, the Senecas that are there now weren't mound builders, so you actually have to go back and dissect different tribes in different eras um, throughout history because it's like, it was just like they absorbed each other, you know, as, as time went on. And the, the last mound builders were the, I think they were called Ren, Renro, Renro Indian tribe, or Renro, Renro, that's it. But um, I, don't, I have it written down, but it's possible that they were the mound builders that were there at the time. And, I, and where the house sits, too, it's like kind of like perfect. You know, you had a underground water aquifer, and back then, who knows if it was above ground, but there's a water source there. And you have uh, you're sitting up on a mountain, you know, so you can overlook the whole valley. That's uh, pretty pretty cool. Hmm. So I guess I can sleep in Mary's room. 
What's that? You're gonna sleep in Mary's room? Yeah, sure. Probably not. Oh, that's right. Don wants to go down to the basement. Yeah, I mean, I've never actually slept in in Mary's <laughs> room. You know, it, it, you get a different different feeling. At least I feel different when I go in there. Um, I've only probably got a half hour of sleep there, maybe an hour since I've only. Oh, been. how long was sleep? I but. <laughs> slept outside in a tent, and I could sleep. But I think about it now, like think about the stuff that we're finding on the outside of the house and it's probably freakier than the stuff that we're finding on the inside of the house, you know? So, uh, so how much do you know about the, this, this failed exorcism that, that took place here at the, at the house? I, I know quite a bit. I mean, I've interviewed uh, Clara Miller, Dandy, who was part of the, uh, you know, she was the, the mother of the family that had the exorcism done. So I've actually uh, flown to Oregon and met with her and sat with her, heard it from her own mouth. And I also have a transcript of what happened um, the day that they did, they did it, you know. Wow. It was a structural exorcism. I mean, it was kind of like a clearing of the house. Uh, so it wasn't like anybody being possessed. It was just uh, they were trying to rid the energy, the darker energy that was in the house. Okay, so I take it that that the family at the time were they feeling oppressed, or I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, they were feeling oppressed. Uh, one of the daughters was really getting affected. Uh, her name her name was Laura. She was the, probably the most affected out of the family, but everybody was experiencing things. Um, they were uh, looking like, for instance, uh, they they were in the living room, and they saw a, a boy on the outside of the house looking in the window. Uh, so they ran outside to go find him, and when they went outside, he would be in the house looking at them from the inside. Oh, of the um, there, there's uh, shadow figures. They saw like a man carrying a gun with overalls that just dis- dissipated in the forest. Um, a woman in white that was dancing around the pond. Um, it, I mean, so they, the, everybody's experiencing this stuff in the family. They're having, they were having a picnic outside, and the girls saw this woman dancing down by the pond. Um, so I felt like the, the whole, the whole land is energized, you know, so they're experiencing all this stuff and they have the, uh, priest from St. Bonaventure university, basically, um, go, you know, going hand in hand with them. They're writing letters back and forth. He's coming to the house, performing masses in the kitchen with the family trying to help suppress what's ever there. It would go away for a little while, but then come back full force. And, uh, you know, got to the point where they were having poltergeist activity. Um, so he brought a psychic in by the name of Alex Tanis, film crew from New York City, and they, they videoed the whole thing, you know, the whole exorcism. Um, and they were all uh, in the living room. She told me how they all kneeled, knelt in the living room. Um, and they said that the house shook. I mean, the whole house shook uh, when the priest was, you know, doing his whatever you do for an exorcism, you know, saying his fifth, what is it, the Fifth Reich or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it was cleared. You know, they said they also said they had a um, microphone on the outside of the window and it set, sounded like it was the house was screaming. Hmm. Um, but it didn't work. You know, whatever whatever they were trying to get rid of didn't go away. And uh, when she reached back out to the priest to let him know that it was happening, um, his advice was, you know, to leave. There's nothing more. I, I know in my power what to do. And this priest, I mean, he was 
pretty cool. I mean, he was he was very knowledgeable for his time. He was a Catholic priest, but he was also studying the occult. You know, and it was uh, and he was at St. Bonaventure University as a teacher. So I mean, he was studying all this type of stuff. But I mean, this is before the the Exorcist even came out. This is this is uh, so taboo back then. It was it was in the papers, Buffalo News, the uh, the Orly, uh, uh, Olean Times Herald. I mean, there was newspaper articles coming out, and this family then started getting ridiculed. And um, you know, they actually had to have like a guard at the front at the front of the house because people were just barging in. Clara told me, she says, I was sitting down for dinner, and this guy just barged in our front door asking to see the ghosts, you know, and it wouldn't even leave. So, I mean, when I first bought the location, it was hard because it was hard to change the vibe of the location. Uh, People just broke in all the time. I'd fix something, and they'd break in and bust it, or or there'd be children, you know, kids going through there or something and just doing stupid things and ruining stuff. So it got to the point where I actually had to gate the doors and gate the windows and um, just let people. I had to let I had to let the community know. I had to go out into the community. I was doing community events to let them know that we're fixing the place up and it's not not a place to joke around with. You know, like you can't be doing that. But I have cameras all around the whole place now. So there's there's times where I I have I have neighbors that live really close by. So if my motion sensor goes off when people aren't there. Um, I call him up and he'll run down to the house real quick to see who's there, you know. So is before the Dandy family lived there, was there any documentation or any kind of, of history of anything abnormal before that? Well, that's kind of what I started looking at um, last last year uh, because there really wasn't much except for um, Dan O'Brien. Um, I, I had him come down to the house. His family lived there. And uh, he's, he he made sense of a lot of things to me. Um, but then he, he, like, for instance, he got there and he said, where'd the rest of the road go? Uh, because there's, a, you know, there's a, there's folklore at that house about uh, a stagecoach trail that would come through there. And he said that the road used to go all the way up to Wagner Hill. So part of the road was cut off and deemed a dead end. But it doesn't correlate with the history of the house. Um, and uh, he he claimed that there was stuff that happened there, but he said his grandparents never never had anything happen there. Um, but then I got in contact with um, a gentleman last year, and he lived there uh, with his uncle. And he didn't want to be on camera, but we had his daughter kind of do the interview with us. And it's kind of what I based the whole story of behind the behind the shadows decades the the two-part series that i put out um they had experiences there that were similar that really add to the story of the hinsdale house because he he told me the story about how he was on his uh snowmobile and he thought that the pond was frozen over drove a snowmobile out onto the pond and it cracked through so he went back to the house to get his uncle to help him pull the snowmobile out and when they were pulling the snowmobile out he looked behind him and he saw a man and a woman and a, a boy levitating over the pond, like, which, wow. which makes a lot of sense to me. You know, like we've had so many sightings there, but now this is this is in the 1960s before the Dandy family moved in. Um, but 
after the pond was built. So there, it, there's, there was only a four-year period of when the pond was there and the Dandy family didn't live there. Because when this property was purchased, um, the lady that purchased it, it was originally 100 acres. She subpartialed it all out into 10-acre plots, built ponds on all the properties, and then tried to mark, put like cheap cabins on them and then tried to market them to hunters, you know, like because it's wood, a, lot of, a lot of wooded area. And I, I really, like my whole thought was when they dug these ponds is when all shit hit the roof, you know? Mm-hmm. And I feel like maybe they unearthed something or maybe they did something that maybe disturbs something or pissed something off, um, which was possibly why the things were happening the way that they were. Um, but again, it's just, it's my theory versus your theory. And we did, um, last year we were able to, uh, get all the pond dirt off the right side of the pond. You couldn't even walk over there. Um, but you used to be able to, and we removed all the dirt that was when the pond was dug and just plopped over to the right side of the house and graded it. And we were actually able to find the, the old barn foundation that was there. And, um, we've been getting EVPs there as well. We've been uh, starting to investigate out by the barn foundation as well that's interesting yeah i'm sure there's a lot of things there that can you know that are that are buried over i mean if the property is as old as you say it is there has to be a lot of structures on that property uh or or the the remains of those of those proper structures um and that's the only one you found so far was the old barn yeah okay we have pictures of it. Uh, it used to actually go over the whole pond where the pond was. So part of my goal is to rebuild the barn. You know, it may not be an exact replica, but um, I'd like to build something there in place of what was there once, you know, and, and bring the property back to what it was originally. Hmm. Got a question here. Asking about the young boy, they have been able to communicate with there. A lot of, yeah, I mean, a lot of people communicate with a young boy. Um, they've got pictures of him from the outside of the house, the inside of the house. And uh, a, a lot of folks really tie the story of a young boy that got killed with, uh, uh, he was he he lived up the hill and he was coming there and he uh, was playing uh with one of the machines on the back of the uh, barn and the chain snapping uh, cracked him in the head and he died instantly. And his name was Alfred. Uh, and a lot of people associate the young boy that they pick up there with him. I mean, I don't know for sure that it is. We never got any type of confirmation uh, that it's El- that it's Alfred, but you know, the story kind of, you know, it's a sudden death, which means that his, um, it could poss- you know, it could have been a possible thing where he was killed instantaneously and didn't even realize that he died, and he could be still thinking he's maybe in, in his life, you know. I was watching uh, Paranormal Lockdown, and I watched the episode on the Hinsdale House. Um, wh- what's the story with the closet? I mean, is there some underlying story there about that closet? Well, from what I was told, um, it's the only closet in the house, by the way. Um, but from what I was told that there was a, and I, I haven't been able to find any confirmation of this, so it's folklore at this point, but there was a young boy that tried to hang himself in that closet um, that was part of the, the McMahon O'Brien family. 
that's the only thing. That's the only story that I've ever been told. Now, investigators are drawn to that closet. You know, they do a lot of scrying in there, and I feel like there's an energy shift. And I, and I don't know why, but I think because everybody's a lot of people and teams, when they go there, they focus on that room for some reason, that little closet area. And I think it's just kind of like a collective consciousness of, of energy because so much focus is going on there. It could change things. It could open things up and it could, it could potentially, um, you know, open a door for something, uh, in, in the closet. So. I mean, there, the fact that there's a scrying mirror in there permanently or now, I mean, people leave it in there. Wow. And I don't want to change anything, and I don't want to change anything that anybody tries to do, or I, I want people to have experiences there or try to understand it uh, and maybe come up with things. You know, like, I have, I ask the teams that come there to, to fill out their experiences in a book. When, when they leave or, you know, we, we keep in contact after they leave if something happens. Um, so we can document things that are happening. Maybe something's happening for you in an area at a certain time and uh, we'll be able to put all this data together and really, really map out, is this a residual thing? Is this is this something that has free reign of the land and property? Can it come and go as it wants? Um, really try to pinpoint uh, the hot spots of the, of the land and the house, you know? Mm-hmm. I also see you have uh, live streams that you do there at the property as well. Um, yes. is, that, is that something you do on a regular basis or? When I have time, you know, there's, okay. two, there's two of us that have uh, actually a paranormal warehouse does too, but we, of course, we're always so busy. Mm-hmm. And unless you have a dedicated computer, it's, uh, it's hard to dedicate uh, what I have to streaming it all the time. So if I don't have anything going on for eight hours, I stream it. And I also have cameras at other locations as well. Um, but I, it was one of my main goals because when I first bought that location, we had no internet service. We had no, uh, no ways to communicate with the outside world, uh, because you couldn't get phone service up there either. So I was able finally to get satellite internet. So, and it still stunk, but we were able to stream one camera there. I had Mike. Mike there from Paranormal Warehouse, we set up the camera, and the first night that we streamed it live on Paranormal Warehouse, it was amazing. And this is before all Facebook ruined all the algorithms, so you didn't, people actually got notified when you went live, you know, from from your chat and stuff like that. And uh, we had thousands of people watching this live stream. I'm like, man, this is like this is amazing because I'm you're you're bringing people to the house that couldn't normally come there from all over the world. And um, I'm in there and I'm answering questions and, and talking to people and, and I fell asleep on the couch, you know, and then I had my phone like this basically in my hand and I just like fell asleep on the couch because <laughs> I was up for like almost four hours talking to people and then uh, all of a sudden my phone started going ding, 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 you know, started buzzing and and uh, I started looking at the messages and these were pictures from the live feed of a shadow man crossing from the door over to the kitchen and I'm like, this is this is it. I mean, they all these people. I think I, I took a, the, one of the screenshots. Had almost a thousand people in there watching when this happened live. Wow! And they all, all 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 these people that were taking these screenshots and sending it to me saw that they experienced the uh, this energy wow. from a live stream camera, and they were they were investigating when nobody was there. And oh, I was like, cool. that's that's like the holy grail for me. Like that was like. Mm-hmm. The whole purpose of having that live stream camera was was that, and it happened the first night that we got it running. Wow, 
If you guys excuse me for one second. Sure. All right. Go break. No, no. I gotta, gotta let my dogs out, man. <laughs> or else to be cleaning up PP. That's right. <laughs> AT back now. I did. I did. We'll we'll see for how long. Man, you got a crappy internet. Apparently, in, my <laughs> internet does not. I'm telling you, Indiana sucks for this shit. It's ridiculous. I lived out in the woods in the middle of nowhere and had no problems. I moved to Indiana and I'm in a town where you would think that it'd be okay and apparently not. Apparently not. And she's, and she's like this. Yeah, was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like, like a robot. Y'all could have just like kicked me out so I'll, you know. <laughs> oh, wow. I at least tried to connect on yeah, my phone. That way I didn't miss too much. I put the question you, you asked, so. Oh, man. It's, it's horrible out here for some reason. I just blame Comcast. It's all their fault. Yeah. They suck. They they all do. We, when do we get something Crazy. better? You know? Yeah. With as smart as technology is nowadays, you would think. You would think there would be yeah, a, a better way. I, it's, I think it's funny that I can order food on my phone or a car to get picked up, and I can watch it pull up to me. But right. If there's an emergency and you dial 911, nobody you, nobody knows what the hell's going on. Uh, like, right. What, what's going on with that? Like, hey, we do we do 911 here a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, we, yeah. we do. Poor, poor Scott. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, nothing like having gunshots blaring yeah. outside your apartment. Oh, well, last night. Wait, you're in an apartment. Again? I thought you, were, thought you were at Fort Mifflin with the Ghost Finders. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I love you there. Is that, that's what that's on you, is it? Yeah. Well, put that in the bucket list. Yeah. Paranormal bucket list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's perfect for right now, so we better start to use something to battery. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's overflowing. We got, yes, yeah. we do. The bucket yeah. is overflowing. Absolutely. <laughs> So Dan, oh. you were you were just part of like a paracon, or you're getting ready for a pit. You were just part of a paracon, weren't you? Yeah, that was uh, the winter paracon, which was actually on the first day of spring. But it was cool, you know. Yeah. It was an on, online thing that Mike Hatcher put together, and uh, it was uh, it was a nice day of just conversation with different people from different realms of the paranormal, all the way from over in England, all the way you know, all different parts of the continent, and. Uh, Everybody just coming together in a day and talking paranormal, you know, and it was it was really cool. That's awesome. I, I also did one that they kind of did similar over uh, for Festival of the Unexplained in England as well. Yeah, it, it was a good it was a great success. So I was, I think Mike did a great job. I I mean, you have to dedicate your whole day to something like that and night, right? Uh, moderate it and make sure the team, you know, everybody's coming in when they're supposed to, and uh, you know. Good for good for him. Kudos for trying it, and and uh, especially with the way COVID is now, it's so hard, you know. Right. Yeah, it's a lot to coordinate, especially when you have something like this going on. I mean, I don't think any of us really expected this whole COVID thing, but people are learning to adjust to what we got to do to still be able to do the things we want to do with it still happening. So. Yeah. It sucks, but hopefully we will soon see the end of it and. 
won't be dealing with it as much. Yeah, I think it's always going to be around. We're just going to have to be careful like we are with everything. Yeah. Like the flu and stuff like that. You know, it's, yep, absolutely. Yep. I feel like I missed a lot while I was gone, guys. Like, damn it, you're talking about me while I was gone, weren't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sue, so, there's a. The, 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 it's not a story of a man that stayed in the attic. So there's a there's a, a story at this point. I, I have to classify it as folklore, except for the fact that there were two men that lived in the house in 1853 um, that we were able to document back through history. But the story the, the story that's been told on is about these two men. They would lure people in from the stagecoach trail, um, steal their goods, murder, rape. Um, and then uh, store their bodies in the basement in the attic until the winter thaw and then bury their bodies out on the uh, on the hill. And um, the only the only truth that I have to that is that there are two brothers that lived there in 1853. I don't know that we'll ever be able to know if they're they were murderous, but uh, from what I've researched on them, they were iron workers from you know and uh, good citizens. And so I don't want to say that that's what they were, you know. Uh, a lot of synchronicities with that too, because uh, when I was at a um, Paracon uh, psychic care fair, Paracon in Davenport, Iowa, I found that one of the brothers was actually buried there. Hmm. Really, oh cool. wow! From, from the Hinsdale House, from the original Hinsdale House, hmm. 1853. Yeah, what are the oh, odds yeah. of that? So yeah, I mean, part of owning it, you're able to dive in. You know, you're able to do things that you wouldn't normally get to do on a regular investigation. So, you know, we are doing GPR, ground penetrating radar, to see if we can look at those folklores. We are, we did have the pond dove, you know, with forensic divers. Um, so there's a lot of data that we're collecting from doing that as well. Um, I can't really tell you what we found, but we are, there's there's a, a show that we've put together called Dead Remains that's right now with a production studio. Uh, that Nick helped film, and it's really amazing, and um, hopefully that'll be out soon, and everybody will be able to see this, all this extra stuff that we've done as far as investigating and being able to figure out some of the folklore of the Hinsdale house. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. So, um, talk a little bit about the hill and the tree for those who don't know about the tree and the symbolicness behind it and what people do and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it stems from, uh, me wanting to heal the, the land and the property. Um, when I first bought the house, the energy is completely changed from when I had it at the beginning to what it is now. And I think part of changing the energy of the location is being able to bring in positiveness, to the location and, bring in healing. Um, and I think part of what they did in the 1970s was focused on Catholicism. And I feel like there's a lot, a lot of layers at the Hinsdale house. We've been able right. to bring in Wiccans and witches and shamans uh, and, and uh, Amy Perry Lane, who's now Amy Perry Brock, um, who was from para expeditions. Um, she's a healer, you know, and she helps. Uh, she's somebody that I sought out. Um, she was working for Ghost Hunts USA at the time, and she was in Indiana at Fairfield, or at, what the hell's the name of it? You're in Indiana, right? Yeah. 
What's the what's the name of the um, infirmary there? That I don't know. I just moved here like a year and a half ago, so Rand I'm. I'm called Randolph, <laughs> uh, called Randolph County Infirmary. Okay, that, that's what it's called. So Amy was doing a tour there, and I went to just kind of witness how she ran the tours. It was very informative, really good with the guests, and I had asked her to come and start running tours at the Hinsdale House, overnight tours, and she's been doing it ever since. And um, we've become such good friends, and she she wanted to start that. So when, when she had an overnight group, um, they would bring feathers, and they would make uh, kind of like totems as a peace offering to the native spirits on the property. And uh, they'd have a little ritual, and then they would go up to the tree and add their offering to the tree so that the native spirits of the land knew that, that we came in peace. And uh, only wanted our worlds to collide so we could try to understand. Um, and I think that it's totally held because it's caught on. Other people bring stuff now. Now it's the tree is right. kind of like a big spectacle, you know, because it's got dangling feathers. People have brought tobacco, chains, necklaces. You, I mean, you name it. The, well, there's toys up there. There's all different types of totems up there. And it's, uh, it's you get really good conversation up there at the tree. Um, when you're investigating. I look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, we've also, Jeff Fent, uh, if you're, I don't know if you're familiar with him, he's an investigator out of Columbus, Ohio. He repurposes wood from haunted locations to make spirit boxes out of them. Uh, and he is a good friend of mine. I actually met him at Randolph that same night. And we were, I had a geo box. He had a geo box. And it was the first time I ever saw two geo boxes in the same room. This was probably like in 2017. And uh, we came up with this plan uh, where I would ask questions that I knew the answers to and ask the spirits to go talk to him on the other floor and see if we could get any of the responses back and forth from the questions, the pre, uh, the questions that we wrote for each other. And it just worked out amazing. So Jeff's been coming cool. to the house and uh, he felt very drawn to that forest. And he came up and he was using, taking pictures in different light spectrums. And uh, the picture that he took was uh, uh, just a tree. And up in the tree, about 10 foot in the tree, it was this creature that we couldn't really explain what it is. And I have it up on my Facebook page, my group page. Uh, Jeff will show it to you. I mean, it's, it's uh, the only explanation that I ever got was uh, that it was a puckwudgie from a shaman, uh, Chris Sutton out of uh, St. Louis. <laughs> and... Um, you get that feeling like when you're up there that you're being surrounded, like something's watching you and you're always hearing like crackles. And I guess you could chalk that up to some, a branch falling or something like that. But when you catch this picture of this thing, doesn't look like, I mean, it doesn't look like a, you know, a shaved bear. It doesn't look like, you know, cause you know how a shaved bear could look really weird. Um, if any, you've ever seen a picture of a bear that's lost all its hair. I mean, it just, it looks like it has a monkey face with a real skinny body. You can see the little fingers coming across and it doesn't look like any animal that's indigenous to the area. So I, I still, you know, except for explanation that it's a puckwudgie, um, don't know. But I mean, it could make sense because puckwudgies uh, protect Indian burial grounds. You know, they're the Indian culture. Um, so it could be. Hmm. Right. <laughs> Teresa, you just had a blank stare on your yeah, face. You never know. <laughs> there, there's a lot of those creatures 
things out there that you know one really can't say if it's if it's real or or if it's not. Uh, yeah. But I'm pretty, you know, that the picture that. He and you captured, also you also have the stories of of the witch as well at the Hensdale house. Yes, there there are there are stories that I've uncovered of um, an Indian woman that was deemed a witch and was burned at the stake. Um, so in in my mind, they could have put a curse on the land. You know, there could have been a curse placed on the property. Um, so, but that's I mean that's dating it back, dating back into the history. You know, into the 1800s, she had left her tribe, came learned the the healing ways, and came back to try to help her tribe. And because she could heal people, they deemed her a witch hmm. and killed her. Teresa's turned into Max Hedrum again. Yeah. She's, she's lost, she's in, the, lost in the equilibrium. I'm having trouble with her internet connection tonight. <clears throat> nope, there she is. is. I'm about to give up. I'm telling you. Well, you've almost made it the full hour. Yeah, almost. Not too bad. <laughs> it's funny because she's never had let's issues all, before. Let's all pose like her. <laughs> Everybody stop. <laughs> quick, quick, Teresa. Make it's crazy. I sh I'm showing oh. I have all of my bars, but yet here we are. Where, where'd you get the ghost hour for next weekend? going to be a good time. Uh, I'm still looking forward to it. Now, I, I don't know if you guys fish, but I have a nice, I just, we just put a new deck in on the pond. You can walk out on the deck to do EVPs at night, but I do have a, a smallmouth, largemouth, perch, sunfish, bullheads in the pond. Mm -hmm. If you, if you're during the day, if you want to fish, you can fish. Mm. Yeah. They're hungry too. Yeah. Well, if no one fishes there, yeah, for very yeah. few people. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to think of a question. I on, Also on that episode, I saw uh, you were talking about the offerings that people make. Um, and I saw during that episode of Paranormal Lockdown where they went up and made offerings, if I remember correctly. Uh, I, I think it was some type of, of honey and, and milk and a few little odd and end things that, that they left to try to appease and, and calm the forest, um, which I thought was pretty interesting um, because I was completely unfamiliar with, with uh, that type of, uh, I don't know if you want to call it ceremony, but that, that type of, of thing going, you know, I had no idea it was happening there um, until, until you were talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's basically what I learned from Chris Sutton, you know, the, the shaman, he, uh, he offered. He said it doesn't matter what the offering is, if it's a food offering. Um, but you know, like the the night that we went, he kept a piece of his burger from the, the um, restaurant that we were at, and he presented that to the to the native spirits there and did a drum ceremony. And uh, we offer. You know, I leave tobacco in the house, um, but people are. You know, you could leave a piece of fruit. You could leave. Whatever, whatever you have available, and I'm sure the offering will get eat, eaten by an animal. So, 
which is na you know native spirits. But it seems to help. Definitely seems to help with the communication when you place an offering up up there. Okay, we'll keep that in mind. Yeah, try to think something to bring. And we yeah. do plan on going over and checking out Wildwood while we're there too. Cool. Take some take some time out of the house. Let our let our stuff run and go check out Wildwood. There you go. Yeah. So hopefully we can get something. We're hoping to get something lined up and set in stone there too. Well, I just gotta. I mean, let me know before I, I can set that up for you. I just gotta let Lori know. You know. Oh, okay. All the bookings there. So if you want to go, like. At one o'clock on Saturday, I just gotta let know, somebody know to be there so they can let you in and give you the tour. Oh, okay. Cool. <laughs> yep. When you want to go, guys. Yeah, man. <laughs> so Saturday we one o'clock. We were kind of planning on on in the afternoon anyway. Um, right. Yeah. That, that's going to be the soft part of our schedule. So. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah! Set it up for one o'clock. That works great. Okay. Yeah, I'll talk. Yeah, I'll man. Call. I'll tell Lori when we get done here and to expect to have uh, visitors at w around one. Okay. Yeah. Saturday. If, you, if you could uh, pass some contact information along to Teresa so we can yeah. uh, verify everything before we head over there. Of course. Um, yeah. Cause I'll be on vacation. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. That works. That's great. Awesome. Yeah, it was, I don't know how, what was it Teresa about eight months ago when I came across that place and I thought I, I never heard of this place before. Um, and then I was talking to Mike about it, and Mike said, "Well, yeah." He said, "All you gotta do is talk to Daniel. He's, he's you know, he's he's hooked up tight with those people too." And he said he can hook you up and this and that. And I said, "Okay, well, well." Then Teresa uh, had mentioned that she was going to arrange that, so I just kind of left it go at that. So, um, but it's, it's it's strange that you know we look around these areas all the time for different places to investigate, and for some reason that place just never came up, which is strange to me because a lot of people know about it. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's new probably within the past three years, uh, opened for investigations. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's an old, amazing old tuberculosis hospital that was on an Indian reservation. Yeah. And it was also yeah. for a forensics hospital. Uh, and it just, uh, it has all, it has the, like the space down in the basement where the electroshock tub was. I mean, it, you'll see it's, it's really, really cool. <laughs> you, you should get in the tub. I think that might work. Will. We'll let Dawn sleep down there too. Okay? <laughs> take, a, take a quick nap. But yeah, um, yeah I mean, since when my, when my friend Lori approached me and told, she told me she was going to buy the location and she wanted a kind of the same model that I was using at the Hinsdale house. Um, I offered to help, you know, so like, I'm going to all these paracons already and promoting the Hinsdale house. It doesn't hurt for me to put up a flyer for Wildwood as well and let people know, Hey, it's only an hour away from Hinsdale, you know? So why don't right. it's, it's been a, it's been a good marketing technique for teams, especially when you're coming from far away, to be able to check out two locations on one weekend, you know, mm -hmm. instead of just driving all the way there for one night and driving all the way back. But it's, uh, it's a little bit, you can stomach it a little bit more if you spend a little bit more time there. So. Absolutely, and we have other locations too. It's not um, we, we work together really well in Western New York. Um, so there's amazing locations, uh, Greystone Manor. Uh, we have Rolling Hills Asylum, which is about an hour away from Hinsdale. Um, there's, I mean, there's just tons. I mean, I've not nobody's ever had a problem when they call me if if there's only one night available at the Hinsdale House. 
getting another night someplace else. Uh, that's that's within driving, like within an hour or so of driving distance from Hinsdale. Hmm. So there's Might so have many to get that list from you sometime. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely check out. Uh, I mean, you, I don't want to start adding more places to your already tipping bucket, but when you're ready, <laughs> you just let me know. And, uh, we will. Uh, we will definitely hook you up. You know. I think our bucket is always going to be tipping. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, as is everybody else's. I think. Right. Absolutely. And there, you know, there's more places that just keep coming. Uh, you know, you hear about new places or. Houses, yeah. you know, more and more places are, are really starting to become revealed that back in the day, people weren't talking about them. But now it's becoming something because it's becoming more socially acceptable, uh, too. Uh, you know, so mm. people are talking more, more and more places are getting out there and, and getting heard of, which is good for us, uh, you know, but yeah. So, yeah, but, you know, New York isn't New York isn't too far away from my guys in PA and Scott and I. We don't mind traveling. So, yeah, send us that list. (laughs) (laughs) We like New York. (laughs) Well, the cool thing about New York is, is they have a program for the paranormal and haunted. It's called the Haunted History Trail, New York State. So a lot of the and it's all divided by county. So you can actually go on there get contact information for all these different locations that offer tours and overnights at haunted locations, castles. I mean, it's unbelievable. And it's such a cool thing to be able to have. It's like a reference guide. It's like, remember when you were in a band and you got to book your own F and life book and tried to book your tour. Well, it's kind of like the book for New York, you know, and, and it has all the way from New York city to the Niagara Falls, Buffalo of things that you can investigate. So go to Haunted History Trail. Haunted History Trail. Yeah, that's that link I gave you, and I got a magazine for that. Yeah. In real. Yeah. I think that's that may have been where I came across uh, Historic Palmyra, too. Uh, now that you've mentioned that History Trail, it, I think it, that's where I, it, I came across I think across it is. That. It's yeah, that's that's an amazing location, and I love Bonnie. And she, yeah, yeah. she is oh, yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, she's a lot of fun. Yeah. That's a huge location. Well, she, the thing is, is they've got, and that's another location I have cameras at. You know, I have live streaming cameras from um, uh, two, three of her locations. But she's got um, not only the the um, the store, the general store, but she's got three other three other museums general, that are associated with it too. General Phelps. The the Phelps, the General Phelps, Phelps story. Yeah. You yeah. got our best reviews there. We need to go back there. We've got some. We have some amazing EVPs from that location. Um, <laughs> we did. Yeah. It's. Uh, we've had some terrifying EVPs from that location as well. Um, well, I mean, it's in a. It, it was in a really bad district back in the day. I'm sure she told you the story. Oh yeah. She, yep. 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 That's it's part uh, of the reason that that they boarded it up. Some pretty nasty uh, stuff going on in that area back in the day. Yeah, it's surprising that uh, they boarded that place up and nobody bust, busted the windows down or anything like that. It just everything stayed intact for so long. Isn't that amazing? I mean, it, it you, really is. You walk into that store and the things that were on the shelves in the early 1900s yeah. are still sitting there. It's amazing. Yeah. Um, they even, even the have eggs. the eggs. Yeah, the eggs are still in mm-hmm. case. 
um, yeah, that's a, that's a really nice uh, place to, to investigate. I, I'd recommend that place to, to anybody that's never been in upstate New York. It, um, and it's there again, it's not just one building in that museum system there. It's right. You have the, the tapestry building, you have the print shop, mm-hmm. you have Phelps General Store, the living quarters above the store. Um, and then, of course, the Historical Society building or the historical building itself. Which was um, moved moved and put on top of a uh, building that burned down that had deaths in it. Yes, many deaths. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a woman and all of her children. Yeah. In fact, an interesting right. an interesting story. Uh, Bonnie was telling me uh, the one two times two visits ago. She had uh, mentioned that they were down in the basement doing some work. I can't remember, recall if it was to the furnace or or something downstairs they were working on. And she actually found a child's finger bone in the basement. Oh my god. And uh, she sent it down to Tennessee where the family was relocated and buried for DNA analysis. But I, I never heard back as to what the results were. But, I mean, how, how creepy is that, knowing that all those children died in that house? So sad. And the entire building yeah. was, was bulldozed over. And then they move a new building on the location. And then they're digging out the basement to make room for all these appliances. And they come across this stuff. You know, it's just. Yeah. I mean, I mean you, you dig. <sighs> if you look in the basement, just walking down there in the little paths they have. Oh, you yeah. can actually find the burnt wood still from the oh, house. And, yeah. and the bricks and broken glass and all yeah. of it. It's they literally bulldozed it over. And yeah. it's uh it's it's a, a strange vibe down there. Um because they, as you know, they didn't really dig out the whole basement, they just dug out paths, you know, so they can move around underneath the underneath the building. But it's uh it's a neat place. Um the, the doll room is extremely creepy. Um, <laughs> that that room there just yeah. but there's yeah, some really, really nice really good artifacts they found on that location as well if you ever looked at the display case um, in, in the main office area there's some really nice artifacts that they, they dug up um, on that property yeah I mean I just feel like because there's so much donation and there's probably just a lot of a lot of different energies a lot of different attachments to stuff that's donated into that museum mm-hmm each room is different. You yeah. know, every room is Mil- a different some story. Mil- there's military stuff in there too. I mean. yeah. 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 I mean, everything. A wide variety of things. Uh, <laughs> a little I mean, bit of everything. Mer- yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's Americans. local, it's local yeah. history, you know, it's, and it's right. a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a really neat location. We, I, I know I was there, I think, four times. I think four times. Oh, yeah. Three, yeah. I think. yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. 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 Every, every time we go back, it's just it's amazing. It's it's just such a long drive. I, I know Teresa. You know she doesn't mind driving, but man, I that, love driving. That just that's a long drive for me, man. I I hate that kind of travel. Well, if you're gonna go to if if you do it again, have you guys been to Wilson Castle yet in Vermont, right on the border of Vermont, New York? No. Oh my God, you got to go there. You got to check out Wilson Castle. Wilson Castle. Yeah. So you could do you could do a Palmyra Wilson Castle trip. That would be that would be perfect because it's only about two and a half hours from from Palmyra. There we, there we go, guys. We got it. Got to do it too far. Proper. Yeah, it's a, and it's a, it's an amazing castle, and you get whole range of the whole castle. Hmm. Wow. For, for like I think two hundred fifty two hundred bucks for a rental. They're they're very fair with with the teams that come in there, and they cater to the paranormal. Wow, it does look interesting. That will give me the chance to uh, check out Vermont, just in case that's the next place we move to. 
<laughs> yeah, you can get they they actually um they actually sell maple syrup from Radon property in the castle too. Wow, they have a chapel in there and everything. Yeah. Wow. Boy, that's a big building. It is. I've had some amazing uh amazing experiences there. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never, there again, I've never heard of this place either. Word of mouth is, is everything. It's and and when you have a limited group of people that you know you're familiar with and you talk to about paranormal research, um, basically that's really the only way you can find new places is word of yeah. mouth. Yeah, I mean, the best you do, way. yeah, you do searches online, but most of the search results are very vague or they're not very specific, and you kind of, you know, they just kind of run you in circles a little bit, but. Um, yeah, we'll definitely- or some of them were just total bullshit altogether. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we uh, found that out too. We'll bookmark that and and we'll check that out. Yeah, we'll have to check that out and do like a do a weekend thing. Saratoga Springs is right there, and then the old asylum. He's gonna Google that one next. That's Steve Broke's place. <laughs> That's Steve. Steve's uh, Steve's running that place. Steve Broke, uh, and it's a it's a my God, it's huge. Um, I've never actually been there yet, and I want—I I, want to go there. That's one of—that's on my bucket list. So, how did how did you ever get? I'll put it this way: What started your association with Nick Groves? What really set that off? Was it him coming and investigating at the Hensdale House, or did you guys yeah. have an association before that, and then it really just set everything off? No, that was that was at the the paranormal lockdown filming. I became okay. I became close with him and Katrina, and uh, I don't know, just built a friendship. You know, uh, from that point on, he always kept an interest in the house, uh, which was you know, obviously that was a big part of my life, and uh, just seeing each other, and then I don't know, the friendship just built, and then you just build a trust level with certain people, and I just know that he, you know. He's he's a really good dude. He's a family guy. cares about his family, and he's it's kind of like structured. Like I looked at him and I said, "He's busy. He's a busy guy." You know, just like you said about me, he's a busy right. guy. He's always taking time for his family. He's got pictures of his daughter. I said, "That's how I wanted to structure my life." You know, like I want to be able to do the paranormal, but I my family is my most important thing. You know, like that's Absolutely. that's what makes me tick. And if they're not happy, I'm not happy. But but he was doing both. He's he's on a successful show. He's doing the investigations, and he's doing his family. And uh, that's I don't know. I, we just had a lot of similarities as far as personalities go. Uh, go and you know I'm a Cancer, and he's an Aries, and and we get along really well. That's awesome. And uh, he would be there like if, if I needed him for anything. You know, at the beginning it was weird for me to ever ask anything of him, but now I could. I, I know he'd be there for me in a heartbeat if he if I needed something or someone, and vice versa. You know, like it's hard to find a good good friend like that. Yeah, and if you guys don't know, Nick Groft actually has an amazing giveaway going on right now. Um, might want to check that out and take advantage of it. I know I did, so yeah, <laughs> I want to check that out. <laughs> yeah, we just got a he just got a lot of mentions in a lot of newspapers uh, across the country uh, about the giveaway. So I put. We just posted one on his Facebook page from Buffalo, Buffalo News. That's cool. It's a very awesome thing what he's doing. And and I read, I read your story that you put on Facebook earlier. So that was kind of a very heartwarming, you know, 
You can definitely yeah, I mean, relate to somebody in that it's situation. Cool. It's it's cool because people can't. If not, every, it's not the the economy is not the best right now, and a lot of people aren't in the best situation. So to be able to right. something for the cost of uh, of delivery, I mean postage and handling. I mean that's two autographs. I mean that's crazy. Right. Absolutely. So. So before we let you go, I mean, do you want to let everyone know how they can how they can find you, all of your social media contacts and your all of your websites and <laughs> Yeah, I mean <laughs> the easiest way to contact me is uh I mean any of the social media, send me a message on social media, I usually get back to you pretty pretty quick. But um Daniel Class, my name <laughs> dot com and that'll have links to the Hinsdale House, Wildwood Sanitarium. Um, my, my store, uh, events that I'll be at, um, everything will be on there. I, I try to put, just try to decentralize everything on the danielclass.com. So just go there and find me and send me a message on social media, you know, whatever, and I'll, I'll get back to you. I'm not, I'm not an easy, a hard guy to get a hold of if you, tr if you, if you try. <laughs> right. Um, and then, uh, I just want to mention the, the, the next event, which I'm very excited about. Uh, that I'll be doing an actual physical event is in May. Uh, it's going to be at Broken Bow Asylum in Oklahoma. It's the Potographs. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Potographs. It's a gentleman by the name of Tim Maley uh, out of Wisconsin, and he does uh, paranormal uh, paracon type things and investigations. And then he takes all that money and donates it to the pet shelters uh, to help. Oh. Okay. So this is a Potographs for the Pooches that we are actually donating to an elephant rescue. That. So all, oh, the, wow. all the all the monies that we raised from this uh, mini paracon and investigation that we're doing at the asylum, uh, all the funds will be donated to the elephant rescue. I think That's he's like, a, I think he's at a, like uh, since he's been doing this, it's over a hundred thousand dollars that he's donated oh. to pet rescues, um, and he does it because a, a rescue pet helped save his life, and wow. really really hits home, you know, like. You know, to to for him to do something like that, it's it's amazing, and I would always donate my time to uh, be part of something like that. Yeah, if but, you can rescue, you know, you definitely take the time to actually to rescue versus, you know, going to some of these breeders and stuff like that, and and getting a puppy. You know, they need they need homes too. They need love, and I mean, I I have a rescue. Bill, you had you I had, had, had yeah, yeah. Yep. yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, you know, yep, and we have we have two right now as well. They show just as much yeah. love and affection and attention as you know as the rest of them, and they deserve it. They deserve a good yeah. home with a loving family. So that's awesome. That is that's super cool. Yeah, it really is. The elephant thing. I've never heard of. I've never heard of anything like that. When, so that when, is so when, intriguing. When he asked me, he said, he says, this is going to be for an elephant rescue. I go, oh, do I get to ride an elephant? He goes, no, Dan, you don't ride the elephant. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> what if I pay your... a little bit more? He goes, this isn't the circus. That was on your bucket list, right? <laughs> yeah. I think I rode an elephant once when I was a kid, but okay. you're away from uh -huh. that stuff nowadays. You got to go back to the circus for that, man. <laughs> yeah, which which there aren't very very many of those around anymore. <laughs> no, last last circus we went to, oh, my oldest was probably about eight, seven or eight, something like that. Man, I was so disappointed. I'm like, you call this a circus? This is not a circus. 
This is nothing compared to the circuses I went to as a kid. Yeah. Things have changed. Is this what you call an uncomfortable silence? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dare. <laughs> Trying to get back on topic. What's getting well, glitchy again for me? What is it? Paranormal circuses. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm out of questions. How about you, T? She froze. Uh, I think she froze. Oh, oh, she she's warping. She's, she's Max Headroom again. <laughs> yeah, it's glitching real bad, guys. <laughs> yeah, we we are over an hour out, so if you guys want to, I blame it on the house. It, it knows we're talking about it. <laughs> hmm. Could, yeah. be. Could be. Yeah, if anybody wants to do an overnight, I saw Cole in there. Cole Bentley, you want to come do an overnight? You know, uh, hit me up and we can hook that up for sure. Everybody's welcome to come and investigate. Yeah. Next weekend. Next weekend. Yeah, already it's creeping up almost quick. Yeah. I think I think Don's running all around York County buying up all the beef jerky he can find. <laughs> that guy, he he likes his beef jerky. What about we his uh, popcaps? Yeah, he can a, In Niagara Falls, we have a jerky outlet. Oh yeah, like, huge. Yeah, I think we have, we have one of those here in York, um, on Route Thirty, but I, I never went in. Yeah, so maybe he'll leave a piece of that as an offering. That's something I'm sure that the natives can relate to. Sure, that would be a good one. Yeah. Oh, there she goes. Yeah, she'd give up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're trying to come back in and say goodnight, but. <laughs> yeah, she had hell time night. Yeah, normally she doesn't have these kind of issues. Mm. Oh, maybe it is the talk of the house. Who knows? I, I mean, I've never even seen her glitch once before, so I'm not sure what's going on in her end tonight. Is she, I think she moved around the house a little bit. Oh, is she in a different location? I think so, yeah. I couldn't tell. Oh, uh, pull for the overnights for a group, uh, it's $300. So I, I saw somebody ask my message about the cost okay. for the overnight. So we charged $300. Um, but I always like to put this disclaimer on it. So especially with, with the pandemic and what's going on, um, if if you are a good investigator and it's it's not about the money, the money that gets donated to the location, I put back into the location. But if you can't afford three hundred dollars or whatever, you know, just get just get in contact with me. I want you to come. I want you to come experience the Hinsdale and I don't want money to be a factor of you being able to come or not come. So we'll hook it up either way. So you know, if, if there's an issue, just just get in contact with me. We can talk about it privately and hook hook you guys up with a date for whatever. It's it's not uh, not about the the 300 that I asked, but like I said, what I do make, I put back into the location, and 
make it better. And as she said at the beginning, you can see the difference. You can definitely see the difference mm-hmm. from the time I bought it, what we have today. And it's just it's just been a labor of love of, of uh, getting things done there. So That's really nice of you. I'm sure people appreciate that. Yeah, well, I always try to think of things about like when, like with my team when I was first starting off, and the the cost of doing business for a hobby that everybody loves. Um, if it was fair, I was always fine with it. But then there's locations that I would go to, and it's like you'd go back again two years later, and nothing's been done, and you'd know that it's been booked every weekend. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, that's crappy that they're just pocketing the money and not trying to like maybe fix that broken window or or do something with this, mm-hmm. and it's just getting worse and. And when I bought the location, I wanted to be able to show a difference. Like I wanted people to be able to see that they're making a difference with with coming to this specific location. And the, and the same with what we're doing at Wildwood. Like we're getting the whole the whole roof had to be done. And this is an old hospital, so it's got peaks. And it's nothing like the Hinsdale House, where it's just like a triangle and another triangle. Um, it, this is a this is a like twenty to thirty thousand dollar job that they're doing on the Wildwood uh, Wildwood. Wildwood roof. Sorry, I'm starting to slur my words here, uh, but it's getting done, and it should be done hopefully by the end of the spring. Been working on it all winter and past fall. So, cool. Well, I should have gone with T here. She says she had problems. <laughs> Tell us something we don't know, T. It's all, it's all good. <laughs> We know where our problems are. Yeah. Usually us. <laughs> now, are you going to be at, at the, the house next weekend or no? Are no, my uh, one of my one of my people that help volunteer there is going to be there. Um, I'm going to actually be on a family vacation for for the first time in a long time. Nice. So nice. I'm going to go visit my sister down in Tampa for a week and visit be there for her with Easter. But you'll get to meet Billy. Linda Muth, and she's a psychic medium, and she's amazing, and she uh, uh, will be there and give you a tour. And if you want her to stay, usually she she doesn't. You don't have to twist her arm too too much. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's very very familiar with the house. She's been there been there for probably like four years now, helping out. Cool. So she's she's uh, amazing. All right, sounds good. Yeah. And you guys will have to let me know how it goes. Oh, we will. Oh, yeah. Make sure you sure sign the book. Yep, we blog. Yep. Alright, T, I'm back in or not? Does she not have broadband there at her house? I have no idea. Where's T? Yeah, I have no idea. You figure with all these kids in their school and everything. And all their Zoom educations. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My kids are coming back now. If I, I didn't if I didn't have broadband, the, the school provided a hotspot, so it was kinda cool. Really? Yeah. Well, that's, that's we, cool. We, for my we kids. have a hotspot, we we don't need it right now. If we have a hotspot we go away. Yeah. Huh. And you said you had satellite internet there? Is that on a No, router? I have I have regular cable internet there now. I was so happy because I was basically begging Verizon and Spectrum to put in a put in run cable up the mountain. <laughs> I'm right. like this is pretty far fetched, but they did. And uh 
We have it really, I have the fastest internet that I can get at the house now. We have six streaming cameras that are recording. Um, and when a team when a team actually goes there, um, I have a service uh, that's called Ghost Cam. It's on Facebook, and what it does is it it harnesses the cameras that are in the house and re- starts recording from the time the team gets there until when they leave. And then the team can retrieve the, the what is it, like 60 hours of, of video feed, live feed from the cameras? Awesome. Yeah. So it's called ghost cams. And uh, a lot of people have gotten pretty good evidence from the cameras. They're 4K and uh, with really good microphones on them. So. Cool. <laughs> Circle of death. <laughs> Um, as far as like uh, social distancing, Cole, um, when we have a public tour, uh, meaning that there's more than the group that normally would be hanging out together uh, is in close proximity, we do ask that people wear masks. But when you're doing a private tour, so say you want to come with your best friend or you want to come with your um, group of people that you've hang, been hanging out with since the pandemic happened, um, you don't have to wear masks. I mean, you, it's it's like going to an Airbnb. Just I'm not cooking breakfast for you at the beginning of the next day. Um, it's a paranormal bed and breakfast without the breakfast. So you you have you have the keys. You have the location to yourself, and you investigate how you want to investigate in the time that you have. You know. Cool. Well, I look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, I have to get with Teresa and Scott here sometime to finalize these arrangements, get the details worked out, Let's be here before we know it. Yep. Cool. Well, I'll just uh, I'll have to, I'll let Vicky know uh, that uh, you're going to get that done, so she can set that up because I won't be here. But I'll okay. get you all the I'll get you all the contact information, so um, you can retrieve the camera feeds. All right, cool. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. All right. I actually is uh you guys got any other questions or anything like that? Cuz uh I, I yeah, have to, actually Yeah, to, 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 to jump back in and say goodbye. <laughs> oh, there goodbye. <laughs> the circle of death is done. Oh, it's done. This is crazy. No, and I didn't really move my room around. I mean, I mean, I did, uh-huh. but my desk went from that damn wall, which is further away from my box, to this wall. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm telling you, it's it's Indiana. It's just it's Indiana. Uh-huh. <laughs> I never had these issues back in PA. <laughs> never. Well, thanks, Dan. Spending time with us tonight. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank yeah, you. thanks for taking an hour out of your busy, hectic life and spending it with us. No we problem. appreciate it. Anytime. I heard we don't get breakfast. Well, you can make you can make your own. Yeah, you can I eat breakfast I'm gonna, if you want. I'm gonna be making my guys breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> right. Sandwich. Sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> toast. Toast. <laughs> Well, thanks for joining us, Dan. It was a pleasure having you. And um, maybe we can have you back after our investigation. We can go over everything. Sure. That'll be fun. Awesome. Well, oh, enjoy right. your enjoy your family vacation. It's well-deserved. Yes, I plan on it. Thank you so much, guys. Good good talking with all of you, and uh, have a good night. All right. <laughs> nice meeting you, Dan. Take care. All right.
Bye-bye. Take care.